You got nothing? I got nothing but myself. Me, myself, and I. I'm tired. All right. Well, that was a good show. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Talk to you next week. <laughs> How can we not be tired? We recorded four day, four episodes in a week. I know. And it feel, I feel like we recorded two days ago. But we're back. We're back home. Back in the big D. You need more? Yeah. Can you turn my headphones up? Yeah, that's that? good. Okay. That's better. Dreamforce hangover time. It is a bit of a hangover, isn't it? Uh, no, I guess, I guess. I don't know. Not really. Not really? Well, normally there's so much news announced during Dreamforce that you spend that next week trying to figure out like what what's new? What's real? What's not real? What do I need to worry about? What do I not need to worry about? Yeah. But there wasn't a whole lot that was that was new that was announced during Dreamforce. So there were some things, but all the major stuff got announced. I mean, I think, it, I think starting with lightning experience, was that a month ago? Yeah. I mean, that normally would have been a Dreamforce thing, but. Yeah, that, I mean, we would have been talking about that today, but it's kind of old news now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think they're just, they're trying to give partners an opportunity to use Dreamforce to uh, talk about all those new things. So they might've been an experiment. Well, I mean, we asked this several times, but now that you've had a few days to relax and be home, and do you have any thoughts about your first Dreamforce experience? I mean, I know you said several times it's kind of what you expected. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's a big flashy circus with more hookers than one would expect. <laughs> or maybe just the right, I mean, this is a software conference. Those are notorious for lots of hookers. Yeah, I did see quite a few. Of, we are being literal. We're not like we're not like trying to be no, metaphorically no, speaking. You know, we're saying literally <laughs> hookers everywhere. Maybe we should come up with a better term for um, a lot of um, women in the in the business. I don't know what's the right term. I mean, I guess <laughs> no. men too. In fact, I kept seeing tweets. If you just were looking at like the DF fifteen hashtag, or I, I'm sure if you went to directly to Craigslist, I mean, tons of ads for people just wanting you know hookups or. Or people, you know, offering their services. And how do you know all this? Because it was in the it was in the the hashtag. Oh, it was in the hashtag. Yeah, just, yeah. I mean, okay, I missed that. All I know is there were some very questionable women in the elevators a couple of times, and um, I, I they saw were very it. friendly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they even they even give us free passes and <laughs> yeah, some discounts. <laughs> the Dreamforce discount. <laughs> We did not partake, by the no, way. No, we did not. No, we, I mean, we kept it, we were pretty boring. At least I was. I mean, I didn't go to, I did, I mean, I did go out to just. We didn't do any dance parties or anything. No, I mean, we just. No dance parties. We got up, slept, did our thing on the podcast, tried to find some food. F finding and keeping our energy up was, was a bit difficult. I didn't really care for the food that was there. Oh yeah, Dream and then yeah, to get food. anywhere around any food around the area was almost impossible because you had you had just people that rented out entire places like you know Aptus did, which we can talk about. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was pretty. I mean, you know, on, in the during the evenings, I just you know I went to small private gatherings. Yeah, no big part. I I didn't do any parties, um, or or any of those flashy things. I, I think I'm just not into that. I didn't do the the what do they call it? The something fest, dream fest, mm -hmm. with the bands. And I, I, mean, I, you know, I partly regret that, but I just I still think if I could do it over again, I wouldn't go. Yeah, it was just 
from what I, from what I was told, pretty much what I thought it would be, which is, you know, cool, but what, very time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, just real crowded, you know, yeah. um, lots of people and, and I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm old. So like even the thought of going to general admission, con- like I don't go to general admission concerts. Yeah. I'm not going to stand around with a bunch of people. I want a seat to sit down in. <laughs> and you know what? There's, there's nothing worse than when you go to a concert concert where you do have tickets to a seat. Mm-hmm. And I went to the fish concert in Dallas a month or two ago. And everyone's standing the whole concert, of course, you know, it's fish. Yeah. Crazy fish heads. So I have to stand the whole time. I'm like, damn it. I bought a seat. No moshing for Jeremy. No, no. That's crazy though. I mean, people, I've never seen so many glow sticks being thrown. I mean, oh, thousands yeah. and thousands and thousands of glow sticks. I mean, it's kind of dangerous. I'm just yeah. glad I had my glasses on to protect my eyes. I mean, a glow stick to the eye, that. You're such an old man. Everyone else oh, is yeah. having fun yeah, throwing glow sticks around and just like my eyes. Someone's going to get hurt. Yep. Put that down, young man. You're yeah. going to poke someone's eye out. This is dangerous. <laughs> Oh, that one's going to the soundboard. <laughs> so I was checking out Salesforce's stock price and it didn't, didn't really do anything. They didn't get a bump. I, again, I, that's probably because so much was pre-announced, but you know, you, yeah. you'd hope to get a bump during Dreamforce. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, it, the biggest tech conference in the world. What do they call it? Dad, uh, well, it was big. I mean, they had to bring in a, a darn big. boat to yeah. house everybody. So it was definitely big. Yeah, it's big. And you know what, that's, that's, uh, I don't know, my main reason for wanting to go to Dreamforce really was just to meet people, you know, and I did get to meet a lot of people that I wanted to meet, but there were a lot that I didn't get to meet. And it's, the problem is that Dreamforce is too big. I mean, there's a, you know, I don't know how many people actually show up, Yeah, but there were 170 or 160,000 registered. So, you know, at least probably 100,000 showed up. So, you know, trying to find, or or just even just the chance that you're going to run into someone that you know or that you you know maybe know only through the twitters or whatever right it's it's kind of low because there are so many people but then you end up it's kind of funny we kept uh, you you keep running into some of the same people though it's like <laughs> what's up with that i don't know if you're just hanging out at the That's same true. places or what that, that happened several times too I'm like, yeah, how, couldn't, how, couldn't randomly run into people you've been wanting to exactly. but yet someone you met on what tuesday monday or tuesday you ran into them like two or three times throughout the whole event yeah and maybe that's just because we're like-minded people and we're all hanging out in the same places. But, uh, yeah. So I don't want to say I, I wouldn't go again in San Francisco. I won't because I don't want to make that promise. But man, they, I really think they should do this conference in Vegas. They're already talking about a second dream boat and other things. It's just it's ridiculous. And plus, I mean, I'm just, you know, San Francisco. It's like the worst run, the worst run big city in the country. Yeah, it's just like that surge on the Ubers. Oh my gosh. I'm going to get into that, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's parts of San Francisco I, I like, but you know, given that you're at a conference, you kind of don't have a choice of where you're, where you're going to be and what you're doing. It's, I don't know. I don't, I mean, San Francisco is the city where good intentions go to die. Hmm. Th- that city is chock full of good intentions and b- literally billions of dollars being spread across those are good intentions and just everything keeps failing. Dog poop everywhere, human poop everywhere, everything. I mean, every 10 feet you smell urine that you, when you're walking. Just wow. And you know what's weird? Street sweepers everywhere. Like, yeah. But so, I, I, and did you know, I think I mentioned this, but the, sweet, the street sweepers there are different from here because it looked like they actually had like soapy water running. Yeah. Like here, it's just like a brush that brushes debris, dirt, 
I never see it like act- because, actively because washing. Because our, our streets don't get dirty enough that they need soap. <laughs> maybe maybe downtown Dallas <laughs> yeah. might have some soap some soap ones, but yeah, around the around this area, Frisco and all that kind of stuff. If we see a street sweeper, it's it's a dry sweep. Yeah, it's a dry sweep here. It's a dry sweep. <laughs> Yeah, but you know the the thing about the Uber drivers, I think I think it's because a lot of them are brought in from across the bay or other places. I out of the probably ten that I ten Ubers I took while I was there, maybe two of them knew how to get around. I mean, from the from the moment we left the airport, that guy t- was going to take us on down the one hundred and one, which was backed up almost to the airport from the Bay Bridge almost to the airport. Oh yeah, and I asked myself, yeah. why didn't we get on? What's the other one? Two eighty, and he's like, oh well, we already missed the. We already missed the turnoff for it. I'm like, well, aren't you looking at traffic? And I was like, take Cesar Chavez up here. You can hop over to 280. And he's like, oh, okay. I mean, are you, a, dri- that, are you he, a driver or not? He had his phone I on know, his dash. I, I mean, he had the map up. He I was not the, I mean, I had most of my Uber drivers were not looking at their maps. We're not looking at traffic. Like, well, even then, I mean, traffic was pretty tough around there. It was, but there's no sense into driving right into something you know is going to be a disaster when you can go around it. Yeah. And then the guy that takes us to the wrong pier, like on the opposite side of San Francisco, not on the opposite side, but just he took us to the bottom instead of the top. Right. So, yay Uber. Yeah, at least we got around. This is amazing. It's a magical time. (laughs) At least our wait times weren't that long. Um, To get one. Yeah, they were everywhere. We'll get into that too. Um, yeah, uh, another San Francisco question. So we notice we know um, on anytime you go out to, I guess I don't know if it's just restaurants or what, but there's a special line item on receipts that's the San Francisco healthcare. I guess you're, I guess we're paying their health insurance because, they, and I think that was only for restaurants because I I looked at my Target receipt after you mentioned that and I didn't see it on there. But here's what I want to know: Do you? Do you tip on the total before healthcare or the total after healthcare? Oh, good question. <laughs> I guess out of habit, I just I tip on the total, which probably included that. We're so I probably to probably tipped on top of it. I think technically the etiquette rules are you, you tip on you tip on like before it's before tax, right? Before tax, before any of those weird fees. Yeah, but usually, I mean, at least around <laughs> these parts, tax is not that much. So I just, I just round up and tip off the total. Something yeah. big of a deal. Yeah. Weird things. Um, so, what is there any any um, developments or follow up news from Dreamforce that you saw? No, I mean i I've been so busy just trying to catch up from being off for about a week. Well, not really off, but. Catching up on email, catching up on all the things that we put off till after Dreamforce with clients and everything. So it's been, it's been tough to just kind of get back into the swing of things. And it's tough being away. It is. I mean, I estimated just expenses and lost revenue and everything else. You know, it easily costs ten grand to to take a week and go do that. Yeah, because you salary. So especially when you're paying, you know, four hundred dollars a night for a hotel, which was on the cheap side. For the yeah, city. I heard. I heard yeah. some people were having to dish out for that. Uh, I have a, I have a rule update. A new rule. You're now allowed to say that Salesforce's UI sucks since the lightning is out or it's coming out. I've noticed that. You've seen more so and more. I'll update your rule book. Yeah. You're yeah. allowed to say it sucks. Because before you weren't. By who? Who set this rule? 
Um, well, I've seen many instances, but let me uh, today. Let me. I saw something that was in a unique. Um, oh, it was, <laughs> it was actually in a, a a red monk post by this guy Fenton Ryan. Uh, I think that's what it was. Lightning. Yeah, let's be blunt. Prior to the light, prior to Lightning, the Salesforce UI was pretty sucky. But I've I've seen a lot of that since Lightning came out. It's like all of a sudden everyone's like, "Oh yeah, Salesforce UI sucks." Well, okay. Yeah, but I've been hearing that for a while though. Well, what's funny clients. is what's funny is I'm I'm not kind of getting a defend, in a defensive position on this because I'm like, well, I don't think it's that bad. They've added a lot of features to the UI throughout the years that brought it that it kept it from lagging too far behind you know, technology trends. Yeah, but at some point, technology kind of sped up a little bit. It kind of accelerated. And so we had these much more fluid applications, these single applications, these high productivity style applications, and Salesforce just hadn't caught up to that yet. And so clients were expecting from this modern, you know, system that had three or four updates a year to have kept up with that stuff, and it hadn't. So... I had a lot of clients who complained about the UI and who said that it's it's good, the functionality that's there, but it just sucks from a usability perspective. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it definitely is old style, you know, web pages. Everything you do is loads a new web, entire web page, right? Whereas a lot of apps have moved to the single page right. architecture. And I, I think when people say, oh, the Salesforce is UI, I think that's what they're... They don't know that's what they're talking about. But I think that may be, in a lot of cases, what they're talking about. It's not like it's like laid out really poorly or it's hard to follow a screen. Yeah. yeah. And I'm talking about the major screens. I mean, some of, some of the infrequently used things, especially in setup and areas, they, they are like unmitigated UI disasters. But I'm, I'm talking about the mainstream. Yeah, from a general screens. perspective, I mean, getting data in and out of Salesforce isn't that bad. It's just that I think what people have grown to expect at, from their applications these days as more kind of functionally focused applications, applications that are, you know, specific and tailor made for a specific function, which, you know, adds to function to kind of productivity, which is why everyone kind of gravitated to the console style application for service. And even though we never got one for sales, as far as I know, um, they still wanted that. They still wanted to be able to kind of aggregate that much information to their single screens. So, yeah. It'll be interesting to see just from you, you know, UI perspective on with Lightning. Uh, one thing I noticed, just kind of peeking under the covers a little bit, is that it's still pretty inefficient as far as how it's breaking up resources, making HTTP calls, and um, keeping, you know, when you're because it because it is a single page application yeah. now. You know, when you if you go into the sales module, but then you're popping around through service and setup and marketing and different things. I mean, is it keeping all those other ones in memory, or do they? Do they do they fall out over time? Yeah, I mean, I know, um, you know, the some of the modern frameworks, whether it's you know, heck, back to GWT all the way up to things like Ember and Angular. I mean, they all have uh, capa- the capability to essentially define like how you how you want things to fall out of memory. Do you want to keep a certain number of views and controllers, you know, on on some list that you know, you just, once you push something on it, you know, if something else gets popped out at the end or just, you know, it's like a, or maybe of a certain size, you know, I'll, you know, keep 10 views in memory or whatever. Right. Cause you know, when I'm comparing the old new UI, the old UI to lightning, 
the old UI, you know, still loads faster. It's much more efficient, takes less browser memory. And then in Lightning, I mean, the more you use it, the more my your browser memory just keeps going up and up and up and up. So, I mean, that's something that it you know, it's a performance thing that I think they'll fix over time. I don't blame them for that. It's like you know, don't pre-optimize or don't prematurely optimize, right? Right. Because it's the root of all evil. Um. Let's see. Uh, the five most interesting things from Dreamforce. Would you like to? <laughs> this is a fortune, fortune article. If my internet works, and this is in San Francisco. Your internet should work. That was what I had a hard time with. My my data usage went crazy because I'd be on Wi-Fi and all of a sudden it would disappear. Yeah, wouldn't be there anymore. Right. Yeah, it's like I have no internet. Our DNS service is incredibly bad here. I've noticed. You notice that? It's like the speed is good, but resolving... Mm-hmm. I can't even get this page to load. How are you doing? I'm not right? having problems. You're not. You want to send me the link? Yeah, or? let me send you this. Did, uh, what about your Do Not Disturb? We'll edit through the back channel here. This will not load. No, here it goes. All right. Get it to load. Too bad we don't edit. Hey, you know what? It's actually not loading. Oh, there it goes. Finally. You know, it's not loading for me. Well, it just barely loaded. Yeah. yeah. I see. All right. So this is the five most interesting things. I mean, what would you think some of those would be? Because <laughs> this. <laughs> well, I see. I see the, the is, image is Stevie Wonder. So obviously that's one of them, right? Again, this is a fortune article. So take it for what it's worth. But, you know, number one, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella takes a subtle shot at Apple. Oh, that's so interesting. That's so surprising, John, that. The Microsoft CEO would take a shot at their biggest competitor. Or yeah, their, that's, that's unheard I mean, of. I'm, I'm really shocked by that. That's, that's, so, un, that's unheard of in this tech industry. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not like you hear Banioff talking about other competitors. It's so interesting. Um, next one, let's see. Oh, so interesting. Because it's not like this has been happening for the past three years. Salesforce eyes the Internet of Things. Got their eye on it. I mean, in fact, aren't they doing a little bit more than eyeing it now? <laughs> I mean, that, that's something you could have said for the past three years, but now it's, you know, I think it's escalated to more than eyeing. Okay. Number three, this is the most interesting thing that happened at Dreamforce, which is a question. Is Salesforce built on too many different technologies? <laughs> which is such a stupid question. Oh my gosh. And they actually, this person is actually bastardizing with the source that they're getting this from. They're talking about how what they're referencing here is it's behind a paywall so you can't even get to it but it's an article that talks about how Salesforce essentially because it's built on Oracle they're talking about commercial software so Salesforce mm-hmm. is built on commercial software and if, if, and if that's a problem or not but again that's not something new that came out of Dreamforce I know this again um, this, is not, this is just this is our you know crappy journalism of the week item here Number four, Salesforce converted, I mean, this is Fortune Magazine. Salesforce converted downtown San Francisco into a mini amusement park. Mm, it, yeah. I don't know about that. I mean, you had bands <laughs> playing, you could play giant chess. You could play chess, you could play, um, what's that game called where you throw those sacks into the holes? Cornhole. Cornhole. I hate saying that word, by the way. <laughs> Sounds dirty, doesn't it? <laughs> it? It takes me back to my Beavis and Butthead days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm. I'm not going to do the impression. <laughs> And the fifth most interesting, this is the this is the top of the list here. Most interesting thing, thing at Dreamforce. Stevie Wonder tries to get salespeople to scat. That was fun though. <laughs> Did you partake in the scatting? I think a little bit. 
but I was, you know, sitting with quasi journalists. So I had to uh, maintain some modicum of professional professionalism. No, you did. (laughs) Oh man. I don't know. It was fun. It was entertaining. That was probably the most entertaining part of the keynote. Um, was that? I just like Stevie Wonder changing the words of his the lyrics to to match his best friend Mark Benioff's event. Yeah, we talked about that. I thought yeah. it was all in good fun. It didn't bug me. Dreamforce is the sunshine of his life. <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie. Now, if he um, went off and released an actual song with with the words Dreamforce or Benioff in it, then yeah, maybe we could complain. But this was just this was an event. It was all in good fun. Why not? I guess. I mean. Like if you're getting paid, right? Yeah. yeah. But don't, I don't ever, ever hear any crap from these artists about how it's their art and you don't mess with it and whatever. Don't try to taint it or (laughs) remix it or anything. I don't ever want to hear that again. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So one of the, one of the big actual, I guess, uh, interesting bits that came out that I noticed after Dreamforce is I guess this main women's panel. Did you hear about this? I think you were telling me about it, oh, okay. actually. Uh, so, you know, there, there were several pieces written in various places. And this one was, I don't remember where. Um, but the title was, Dreamforce's Women's Innovation Panel is Why We Should Stop Babying Female CEOs. Um, and she says, you know, t- okay, too often these panels are grandstanding dog and pony shows designed to trot out successful women and demean them by asking, how do you do it all? As if, <laughs> as if they are crazy for pursuing their careers as their male cohorts would. Um, and then she's talking about just how this, uh, what's her name? Gail. Do you know who Gail King is? No. She, I guess she's on the view or one of these morning oh, shows or yeah. something. Yeah. She's, the uh, name sounds familiar in, in relation to the view, which I do not watch. That's just, uh, I was told she's, um, she's best friends with Oprah. It's all no better. Um, but anyway, this person says it was more than grandstanding. It was a complete farce. So here's, here's what she asks. I guess she's asking Susan, um, what's her name? Uh, Wojcicki, she's the YouTube CEO. She says, uh, "Susan, you know something about babies. This is uh, this is what I love about Susan. She has five children." And then Wojcicki smiles and confirmed. Um, and then the next question Gail asks is, "Are they all by the same husband?" What? <laughs> Can you believe that? <laughs> that was an actual question. Yes. No. I, I should have. I should have pulled the audio. I don't. I didn't clip this. Yeah, that, that would have been much more impactful. If I you really, had the audio. And I really didn't want to make too much of a big deal about this because it's. I think it's very unfortunate that this panel happened because it was supposed to be the the capstone for the for that women's day. That mm-hmm. was a, it was a women's day, women in tech, right? And this this is what it. Unfortunately, it was uh, it was a not a good way to end it. So yeah, fifteen minutes into the panel, and Gail King had asked one of the most powerful women in Silicon Valley if all of her children have the same father. Great! Wow. Way to go. Wow. And then she says, she's talking to. Was Justin, it just like a bad joke? Or was it, you know, I've seen, I've I read a couple of defenses of her saying that's just how she is. It's, mm. you know, she's, she has no filter. Those sound like excuses to me. Like, would a man be able to go up there and, and ask com- incredibly no. rude questions? Hell no. no. Hell no. <laughs> and he shouldn't be able to, right? I mean, no one should. I'm sorry. That's, uh, okay. So Jessica Alba was the other participant in this panel and she's asking Jessica, she says, people seem to think that there's a beginning and an end to a Hollywood career in reference to Alba's decision to start her own company. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she says, were you thinking about, uh, were you thinking ahead about that? Your Hollywood career is by no means over. <laughs> and then this, what the rest of this article said, by the way, this article is written by a woman. 
She said, you know, there's nothing that inspires women quite like asking a successful actress whether she believes her company is an adequate fallback once she's had her last f***able day. I'm about to bleep that. <laughs> do you know the? Do you know this? No. Okay. Let me see if I can. But I mean, th- that question. That question does kind of lead into the whole. If if you're famous or, what, what are you doing? I'm trying to find this. Are you lost? Um, I, I'm I'm sorry. I, I just I love all. This of is Amy you. Schumer I can't, and. Uh, I can't believe you're here. I, you're like literally. Who's the woman from heroes. Seinfeld? The woman from Seinfeld. Familiar. Are you that girl from the J- uh, Louis Dr- Dreyfus? Yeah. Something like that. Julia Louis yes! Dreyfus. Something like that. that Okay, Thank you. So this. Opposite, we're celebrating Julia's last couple day. Yes, salute. <laughs> 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 it's actually a, a funny skit. Julia's last couple day. Mm-hmm. What is that? So many bleepings. I know. In every actress's life, the media decides when you finally reach the point where you're not believably fable anymore. <laughs> okay, so that's enough of that. <laughs> But that, that is kind that's of what she when, has the, when you ask that question to a woman of whether or not your Hollywood career is ending, it's because they've. It's the perception that their entire career is based on being that hot girlfriend in the movie or that hot wife in the movie. And then once they're not hot anymore, there's, there's nothing left for them anymore. And, and you know, the, the, what they're saying here is that's basically what she asked her right there on stage. Yeah. Uh, and then she says, there are, there were, um, these are two particularly appalling moments, but, but on the same stage where Satya Nadella demonstrated his company's products and at the same conference where Mark Benioff and the Uber CEO merited the values of maintaining a philanthropic arm to multi-billion dollar businesses, Alba and Wojcicki fielded questions about maternity leave, how they remain in their families' lives, and whether they could invent a stylish shoe that doesn't hurt your feet at the end of the day. Innovation indeed. Wow. I mean, I, you know. You that was could, definitely a missed opportunity. I, it, I guess. And also, I mean, if nothing else, I mean, that had to make them feel incredibly uncomfortable. But I mean, that's that's a small part of it. I mean, I thought I heard some people saying that they went to it, they enjoyed it. There, there's parts of it they enjoyed. I, I, I don't know. I, I wasn't actually there to see or even hear the rest of it. So maybe I just need to sit and watch it and pull out maybe some gems of it to say, well, maybe it wasn't that bad. Yeah, and I'd also I'd like to hear just from maybe some people that that we know that that were at that. What did they? Th- I mean, when that was happening. Like, yeah. What did it? Are we being overly sensitive? Or is the media just kind of picking well, at again, it? It wasn't. It wasn't me. These are these are women. Um, but I mean, there are times where 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 something has happened at a conference or in some speaking or some event, and it's it's all done in tongue in cheek. It's all done within context of that group and that audience, and then it gets blown out of proportion into something, and someone ends up having to apologize. Absolutely, especially with politically incorrect um, or politically sensitive topics. Yeah. You know, things can get really blown out of proportion. Yeah. And not, you know, was that, the, I mean, I don't know. I, that question seemed completely inappropriate to me, but, um, and just embarrassed. I mean, it's just like, I was, I would be embarrassed for her, for the, the person who was asking those questions. But, uh, when at the Benioff keynote, the, there was an analyst sitting right next to me who I was talking to a woman and I followed her on Twitter after that. And I noticed she tweeted this. She said, Gail King completely degraded the career of Susan Wojcicki. CEO of YouTube by asking if the same man fathered all her children at Benioff hashtag DF15. Hmm. These are women. I mean, that's their, that's their, uh, it's their perspective on it. I don't know. I did also, I mean, just on the kind of women and the girly geeks and all that stuff, the, the women that I talked to that are involved in that, it's, it's interesting how the, I, the, and maybe this is because I'm a man asking, I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm a dude bro asking these, you know, kind of cluelessly asking, trying to understand what 
what are you guys doing? What is this? You know, can I, can I play? (laughs) Um, But speaking of that, can I play? That's, that's the theme that I, people kept bringing up the most when these women kept bringing up the most is they, they, I think they're, they're thinking that, you know, we need to, okay, this is great that we've done this. We have our whole day at Dreamforce. You know, there's all these women attacking. We need to start getting men involved in it, especially, you know, again, like the allies, like the men who are, who are, oh no, on board and just want to make sure that we want to do what, you know, what we can to make sure that we're not trying to be knights in shining armor, but we no, want no, to no. be supportive. Yeah, and I don't have any great solutions other than yeah. just like, you know, everyone be respectful of everyone and yeah. let the, let the best person, you know, uh, merit based, right? Yeah. Um, we don't want to treat anyone differently because of what's in their pants. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I kept hearing. Uh, I think the most was it's time to get men involved. Yeah, and I think at one point in the conversation, it was it was kind of the realization of, of them having the inverse problem. You know, when it you know when they started these groups, it was you know the conference is is very male heavy, or these events, or or this group of individuals is very male heavy, and there's not enough women representation. And so they they formed these groups to kind of kind of help help women and, and encourage them and support them and all that kind of stuff. But then at some point, they reach critical mass, and it's like, well, now we're very we, we're very heavy on the female perspective. We don't have enough male perspective here, right? Because it's it's not an isolated. Pro- it's you can't you can't solve those those problems by focusing exclusively on one gender because it's it's right. really the inter- interaction of you know the genders. And I, I hate that we you know in any conversation that I get into on this, it always feels like we're overly labeling and putting people into these identity groups, and it always just feels like oh man, do we have to do this? Do we really have to talk about? But um, you know that's just where we're at right now. But um, the other thing I learned, though, is a lot of these, especially if you look at like the individual groups, like maybe, you know, some group of five to 20 women that that meet up, you know, on a monthly basis or whatever is part of one of the you know chapters or whatever they are, these different groups, is a lot of them are just drinking clubs, just women drinking clubs. They just like to get together and gossip and drink. I mean, I'm not making this is these are their words, not mine. Um, but you're making it sound like it's like this thing to just go out oh, and drink. And, but and, and networking, the, the, networking the point too. of it is it's it's a very informal type gathering it's not it's not like meant to be this heavy activist arm no, of the community it's just a hey let's get together let's talk let's support each other let's just hang out there were women that said that they are not trying to solve any of these problems in the scripts they're simply getting together having fun and networking that was the other yeah, exactly. thing that's that was the more business you know most business focused and that's i mean i think the networking aspect that definitely is um advances that cause but I do think it's a bit of a shame that what came out of this conference was that they were going to retire the girly geeks name in favor of women I, in tech. Like, yeah, I mean, I like the girly geeks name. I feel like yeah. women in tech, that's such a, I mean, it's, it's such a big term. It it's, is. That that encompasses the whole, you yeah. know, worldwide, you know, millions of women thing. I I thought the girly geek was the name for the Salesforce women's group. Or even just. Is it not? Just, I, I, yeah. I guess. I mean, I guess it, was, it was fun. I mean, it, it kind of illustrated the kind of the lightheartedness of the group, the social aspect of it. Again, we're, we're two dude bros telling, exactly. these, telling these women what they call their group. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but I mean, from, from our perspective, you know, we, I see girly geeks and I think, hey, that, that's fun, you know, and, and yeah, I don't know. I, I, I talked to a very, very small percentage of women that were in it that, that kind of, they didn't really carry the way, but yeah, they kind of liked the girly geek name over women in tech. It seemed fun. It was a fun name. Yeah. It's a more lighthearted, right? I yeah. guess. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. We beat that one to death. I'm being dinged. Oh, spe- <laughs> Speaking of girly geeks. I know. I'm on do not serve. Maybe I'm not. Yeah, Christy just tweeted, tweeted at me. 
Um, maybe, but maybe, yeah, she'll give us some some feedback on what we're talking about here. I'm sure she will. Um, winners and losers. I thought that'd be a fun thing to do. Winners and losers of of Dreamforce of Dreamforce. Who won and who lost? And I should have. T- I should have. Any more information? I, I know, and I should have. I should have told you this in advance so that you could have put your thoughts together. But I've got some, so we can just go through and you can. I can think on my feet. Yeah, or you can d- agree or disagree. All right. Hopefully disagree. So this is interesting. All right. Um, first winner, and these are in really no order. <clears throat> first winner, admins. I think winners. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what that's my first winner, admins. Oh, so, oh you're not. Oh, you're, maybe I shouldn't. I thought you were stating it, and you're asking me no, to decide just, whether winners or losers. No, I'm just stating. I'm. I'm just stating. Who's, Are we going to expand on the top, or we're just going to go we through can. them? And it's that's nothing new. I think admins kind of win every year, but this is, man, you tens of thousands of admins all that have all built their career on Salesforce and that have that have benefited enormously, and yeah, you know, that's why they love Salesforce so much, and they're very enthusiastic, and they get there's a nice there's a nice symbiosis going on here and there. They they're rewarded well and they reward Salesforce very well and it's you can just see this relationship keep you know evolving. Yeah, yeah, definite winners. Um, second winner MVPs. Winners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of special events for MVPs. Multiple shout outs for Mark Benioff. Yeah, and your special T shirts. I did get my T shirt. <laughs> you <wear> proudly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean you can just tell that Salesforce appreciates the MVPs. Um, third winner. And this one is, I will say borderline women. Why borderline? Um, they had a day dedicated. They had, you know, special keynotes dedicated. Because their day was topped by a rotten cherry. Mm. Um, and they lost the girly geek name. So eh, just kind of pushing towards the. It's trying to drag them out of that winner's category. But I do, by, by, a, by a small margin, I, I do have them in the winner's column. Uh, and the loser column would be Gail King. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was, that was just terrible. Um, winner, Microsoft. Yeah, I'd say so. Oh, and why? Just their, their representation there, the partnership that they were able to illustrate. I mean, it was their tools in the keynote that everyone was kind of focused on with Azure and things like that. I mean, when, when, when the thunder came down on Internet of Things for the Thunder Cloud, yeah. they didn't talk about Salesforce. They talked about how Azure and the partnership with Microsoft was bringing that together. In fact, there was a lot of confusion between you and I about, well, is Azure running all of Salesforce's Internet of Things or is it just this partnership? It's, so, yeah, yeah I mean, I, th- I, think, I think for something that was supposed to be the big thing, which was the Thunder Cloud, it was very Microsoft heavy. It wasn't very Salesforce heavy. Yeah. And it just, it, it really shows how Microsoft has figured out how to spread their reach, um, in, in different ways and to sell and to sell in different ways. Yeah. And, and Satya even got his own kind of keynote. Right. Unfortunately, his Cortana demo failed, but <laughs> that, happens. that happens. Yeah, that happens. Uh, <clears throat> winner Salesforce or uh, San Francisco hospitality industry. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. Uh, winner, Salesforce. I keep saying Salesforce. San Francisco politicians and their budgets. How so? How so? Yeah. Because this is just a big. Because um, of all the tax money they collected absolutely. from us. It's just a huge. Yeah. I mean, and, and think about, you know, how hospitality gets taxed. It's like gratuitous how it gets taxed. 
um, loser. People who live or work near Soma. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We, we really <laughs> screwed up your week. Yeah, we did. Um, loser. Anyone wanting to grab a drink or a bite nearby? Yeah, no kidding, man. I, that was frustrating. That was frustrating. It, it made me mad at Aptus. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I know they, they had a reason for having a, a, a presence there. And I, I think I understand the logic and the reasoning for taking over so much of that area. I mean, you would have thought it was the Aptus convention. Oh, it's the Aptus show. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of sucked to walk into a, a place expecting to sit down and see the sign that says, oh, we're closing, yeah. Aptus. Yeah. I'd like to go up to the View Lounge and hang out and have a nice cocktail, nope. Aptus. Nope. Yeah, exactly. You get nothing! But they did sponsor the podcast zone. <laughs> well, we forgot to. Thank you, for, yeah, Aptus. We should, we should actually, we forgot, to, we forgot to mention them, so... Last week's podcast brought to you by Aptus. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Who does something with quotes and PDFs and stuff. <laughs> we are great advertisers. <laughs> if you yeah, exactly. advertise on the Good Days of no. Turns out all of our advertising spots are open. If you're interested, look, contact us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, loser. Anyone visiting San Francisco for any reason other than Dreamforce last week? Uh, I think a few people managed to get out of town and see the sights and out of town or into town. What do you mean? Oh, if they wanted to go into San Francisco, yes, people, and see people San Francisco. visiting San Francisco last week, other than Dreamforce attendees. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were just pissed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. cause you couldn't get a hotel room. If you could, it was a thousand bucks a night and yeah, every restaurant's booked up. Um, winter thundercloud. How's that a winter? Cause it was just the big thing. And they have the sound effect during Mark's keynote that scared the crap out of me every time it went off. <laughs> it was a much better, oh more impactful gosh. lightning thunder sound. I think I had a subwoofer. And, and the hammer. I loved that he smacked the hammer down <laughs> yeah. and everything. That was awesome. I think I had a subwoofer right under my seat. <laughs> That's what it felt like. <laughs> All right. So I guess that part was, was winning. I think in terms of just the concept in general, it's something they've been building and talking about for years now. So it wasn't all that, you know, wow, I did not, this, I, you know, this was completely unexpected. So it wasn't like this major event or surprise. It's just something that's kind of been building up and they've been trying to find a, a kind of hook into. Yeah. And, and they're a winner. It's, it's a winner in that it's something that we've, you felt culminating and you, you know, there's been little hints here and there and the internet of customers we've been talking about for, which is a creepy term uh, we've been hearing about yeah. for two years now. And it's actually materialized into a cloud. Yeah. But I mean, it's not like Salesforce's, is actively servicing these type of things. Some of the examples I saw were, you know, connecting into Salesforce and doing some data integration or servicing clients who have an an IoT device. Um, it wasn't like Salesforce was building tools to kind of enable them, but um, that's probably just as well because that's not that's not what Salesforce is for. Well, and I, I at think, least not right now. I think I think people are. If you ask the random Dreamforce attendee, you know, how, how would you make use of Thundercloud or what's your use case? They'd be like, uh, I have no idea. <laughs> so Salesforce will have to work on that message. Because right now, I mean, and I've got some clips that we can go through, but the message is, I don't know, it's kind of creepy. Uh, loser, chatter. You said that, but I don't think so. Not not that it's going, any, I'm not saying it's going, it's, it's going anywhere. It's been such, it's, such so prominent in past years now yeah. you know why because because trailhead has been taken on and trailhead is really was really the big thing and that i don't understand 
I don't understand why Salesforce is so incredible. I finally, okay, I finally did, got on Trailhead earlier this week, and I was doing a, a, a lightning thing. I mm-hmm. thought, I'm going to get my, I'm going to get a badge here. And I go, I read, and this is, these Trailhead things are long, by the way. It took me like 15 minutes just to read this page. I get to the bottom, and I answer two questions, and I submit, and it says, looks like something went wrong. Please try again later. And I tried again, and again, and again, and again. And I couldn't get through. Sounds so, like user error. I don't know. They were doing did. live trailhead competitions on stage and they, the I people were getting through this, it. But I mean, this is like a oh, system I'm not, I don't error. deny that you, that you got some issues going through it. Right, but. Well, hey, I, I tried trailhead. I tried. I still don't get it <laughs> and it didn't work, but. A lot of people are trying it. A lot of people are enjoying it and they, they find it a great way to learn. Um, I think there's a lot of value in trailhead. And I, in, in terms of admins and everyone else, I think. It was a win for them. I think it was a win that it was so prominent in the admin zone because this, it's an empowering tool for them. It's a t- way for them to kind of learn and educate. Yeah. Versus just reading a lot of boring tech documents. You know, this is active participation learning. Well, yeah, people learn in different ways. So I guess to, to whatever de- degree, you know, Trailhead is the way that you like to learn. Uh, Not only that, people like collecting badges. Yeah. I collect untapped badges. <laughs> <laughs> we did, didn't we? <laughs> We collected quite, in fact, so much so I had to make a public statement that uh, number of uh, badges did not equal number of beers because at one point I had got like four badges in a row. At once. Yeah. Um, yeah. On a single check-in. Okay. Loser. Cloud Sherpa's employees. Yeah. Censure, <laughs> huh? Just got oh, swallowed by the beast. Some and they were kind of a beast themselves, right? They, they'd gotten pretty big. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think they were in the, you know, hundreds of consultants yeah. range. Or no, I think about a thousand. Actually, could be wrong. I, I think, thought they were pretty big. I, I thought th- they were in the thousands. But. Yeah, I, I think if, if if they were in the thousands, I think it was right around a thousand. Um, yeah, but, they've been heavily recruiting for the last year. Or so I mean, I've I've gotten pinged, you know, two or three times by their headhunters and all that. Yeah. So then now they're getting sucked into the Accenture world, which is I don't know. Just ask someone who's worked there before. <laughs> Uh, winner, the hospital with Benioff's name on it. And whoever got the books? Who were the books for? The million books? Uh, that's just the theme, the education. I think it was area schools. Schools, okay. Yeah. But yeah, the, the hospital was great. <laughs> a lot of cool stuff in there. Well, they also, didn't they raise... They raised more money 10, for it 10 as million? Well, like 10 million, yeah. I feel like that was a predetermined number. Because like... I, it seemed like right at the beginning of Dreamforce, it's like, yeah, we raised ten million again. That, that they just had that was a press release that was ready to go out. Yeah. Well, when your name's in the hospital, you want to make sure it gets maintained. And how how <laughs> to keep funding it? Keep, how did, keep money going in? How did they raise? How did actually there were people writing checks, or where did this ten million come from? What was the mechanism? That's, yeah, because I'm not sure because I I wasn't I didn't see any active campaigns at least of the attendees. So I'm assuming you know through just meetings and people that were coming in maybe higher profile people that benioff was meeting with and entertaining maybe that's maybe that's how i was thinking maybe it was pro just proceeds from dreamforce maybe maybe yeah because i mean uh, uh, uh if you i mean ten thousand dreamforce fees uh admission fees would would be 10 million bucks hmm. so maybe that's how they raised it um loser jim kramer he just continues to lose whatever credibility that he might have had, which is probably a stretch saying that because no one Because he shook your hand? Yeah, I did. I did beat him. Um, he yeah. just lost an, an immense amount of yeah, credibility because exactly. he met you and shook your hand. Exactly. How dare you shake my hand? 
Now I have even less respect for you. No, I meant the inverse. You impacted his. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I meant too. Um, all right. So speaking of Kramer, of course, he was there because he and Benioff, against, speaking of symbiosis, I mean, they, they help each other. It's just like, a, this, it's just out there. They're like best buds and yeah. Kramer loves Salesforce and he loves Dreamforce and, and, uh, you know, Mark Benioff loves going on his show and getting, having this guy who get, does stock tips talk about how great Salesforce is and how their quarter was the best ever and all this stuff. So they were, he was there and they recorded a, a segment, which I have queued up, hopefully. Early today, while we were at Salesforce Dreamforce Conference, the annual mecca for everything related to cloud computing. Okay, so right there. Really, the mecca for cloud computing? So, I mean, so while Dreamforce is happening, you've got Spring One that was going on, which is a pivotal, you know, big cloud thing. Um, AWS reInvent is coming up. Um, you've got things like Cloud Summit, VMworld, Google I.O., they're the false cloud, um, Jeremy. They're the false. <laughs> and then they also think, you know, all things like Puppet Conf and, and DevOps days and all these things. That actually, Salesforce, these Salesforce engineering people themselves are that's where they go when they learn when they learn how to do cloud computing. None of those those can those don't count. This this is the Mecca. Now, if you would have said the Mecca for sales and marketing people, yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I heard one person describe Dreamforce as salespeople selling to salespeople. That's yeah. you know, which is another accurate characterization, I think. Now, regular viewers know that I'm a huge fan of Salesforce CRM. No, you don't say. <laughs> I never would have thought. I know. <laughs> Last month, Salesforce reported a monster good quarter. Wow. Monster. I mean, it was... not the quarter before that would be more categorized as monster because they had that... Uh, they actually had a profit yeah, the previous profit. quarter, right? <laughs> because, they, because they got out of the lease. <laughs> So that that liability came off the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I was thinking. I mean, I, I, it was an okay quarter. I mean, they didn't they didn't lose money. They pretty much broke even um, in gap terms. Um, but their you know their their revenue growth is is tapering. Um, SGNA you know sales and marketing expenses are all still very high. That you know EPS still essentially zero. But it's it's uh, not like they're having horrible quarters. They're just not they're just not growing. They're they're not having monster quarters. I, I, you I guess know, we've really of growth. I guess we've really lowered our expectations on what we expect out of companies. I guess. <laughs> and yesterday they just had an extremely positive analyst day. I read through the stuff. It was great. Okay. Extremely positive analyst day. Probably because Salesforce is, is 89% institutionally owned. So you literally, and, and also like, this is one of the things that cracks me up. If you listen to the conference calls, there's always a Barclays analyst on that when it's his turn to ask a question he spends like 30 seconds just complimenting the crap out of salesforce how great they are and all this stuff and of course barclays has recently announced that they're doing like this monster they're basically a monster salesforce customer and they're just like doing this all these you know new initiatives all based on salesforce and they're you know they have like tens of thousands of seats or something like that so yeah those guys like salesforce and again they're because salesforce is 89 percent controlled by institutions that are all in this together. Of course, it's going to be a great analyst day. <laughs> this guy's not falling, <laughs> you know, that's still good for us. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's good for anyone who owns Salesforce stock. Yeah. You've wanted that. You want it. Well, to, I don't own Salesforce. I don't stock. either. I'm just saying, it's just good for us that, and I'm not saying Salesforce isn't a good, it isn't a good buy. I just don't understand this new world of, 
investing in companies that 16 years in don't, have, don't know how to make money yet. I don't understand that. And I only invest in things I understand, which is why I don't invest in a lot of tech, actually. I just, I don't understand it. It's not fundamentals. Without Airbnb and Uber, we could not run Dreamforce. And these are companies that are partners? Oh, yeah. These are companies that we have to have a deep partnership with. Uber's put more than 1,500 more cars on the road this week. I, I took an Uber X yesterday. It was a Ford 350 truck pulled up. It was a, yeah, a, a construction. Get you from here to there. A construction manager <laughs> still had the lumber equipment on right. the top of his truck saying, hey, I'm here to give you your ride to Dreamforce. I'm like, wow, this is this is amazing. Well, I know that they can't do it without you because I heard Travis say that. They have no choice but to use you. Let's talk about customers. I have a hard time believing Benioff took an Uber. Uber? Pff, it was for show. Uber has no choice but to use Salesforce. What? You didn't hear that? You missed, say that. You missed the punchline. They have no choice but to use you. Let's talk about customers. Back that up a little Can't more. Can't do it without you because I heard Travis say that. They have no choice but to use you. Let's talk about customers. Wow, where'd that tidbit come from? So let me ask you this. Um, did you hear Salesforce actively promoting and see, see and hear Salesforce actively promoting Uber all week? I think in some form, yeah. yes. They absolutely there, were. There's a, I mean, did, did you see them promoting Lyft at all this week? No. Or that, that week? No. Or, or any of the other ones? No. No. Um, so yeah, Salesforce did a big deal. They had, I don't know, I don't know, you know, who knows exactly what it was, but you know, Mark said that he had them do 1,500 extra cars. That's, um, for the week, I just did some basic math. It's easily worth an extra $10 million. So, hey. You, we, we didn't have to wait very long for a car. We got to where we needed to go. I know Airbnb was heavy in we use also, as well. We also were paying 4X and, and 5X surge fees. And what someone told me later was that, and I, I have the Lyft app, but it's not set up on my credit card. So I, the couple of times I thought of using it, I was like, ah, I'm not going to do it because it's not set up. Mm-hmm. People were saying it. There was, um, if it's within a certain number of blocks, it was a flat $6, and beyond that, it was a flat $12 for a lift. Hmm. But yeah, so... It's about half of yeah, what we're so, paying to get around. So, hey, you, you control this $160,000, or sorry, 160000 person conference. You can say, hey, if you, hey, Uber, we'll promote the crap out of you. We'll get you, you know, $10 million in business, but you got to use our software. You got to be our big customer. We've got to be able to use you on our billboards and you got to come talk at our thing. It's one of those things. You have no choice. The perception <laughs> people have about Salesforce is always fastest growing to a billion, then two billion, then three billion, and that it's actually incredibly profitable. We've learned that on our show. Again. Wow. I mean, this is just outright. Yeah. We're in fantasy land here. Yeah, we are. It's like, whoa, this guy's crazy. He's in a bit of a bubble. He needs to step outside of it. <laughs> If you want to connect with your customers in a new way, you come to Salesforce. There's never been a technology company like that before, dedicated entirely to helping companies connect with their customers. And Mattel is a great example. You know, of course, you know, when I wanted to buy a Barbie doll or I wanted to buy Hot Wheels, what would I do? I'd go to Costco, I'd go to Walmart, throw them in my, you know, basket driving down. But well, Mattel doesn't know I bought a Barbie or a Hot Wheels, but in today's world they do because all of these products are connected. That's what's amazing. You know, we're moving into the Internet of Things and even my Barbie is connected, my Hot Wheels are connected, all my toys are connected. We're connected through apps. In some cases, the toys have Wi-Fi. They're connected that way. This is amazing. It's a magical time. But why is that exciting for Mattel? Because it means Mattel can have a connection, a persistent connection with me as the customer. Isn't that incredible? It's not incredible. 
Uh, do you know what Mattel having a direct relationship with my child? My child's no, playthings? It's not incredible. You know what it is? Creepy. Super creepy. No, it's not just creepy. Super creepy. <laughs> exactly. I, I, they get so caught up in the in the marketing of be connected to your customer, they they forget how creepy that is. But John, this is CRM. Every every sales and marketing person that was listening to that, you know, this is their this is their wet dream to be able to have that kind of knowledge and uh, about private what people are buying and how they're what playing you're doing with, with it, it and yeah. how often they're playing with it. You know, and, all your you kids' know. toys are going to have RFID tags and things in them now, and they're going to be part of the internet of customers. That's what I keep saying. I've been saying yeah. this for years. You know, it's going to be in your car. They're going to know how you drive. It's going to be in your watch. They're going to know how much you exercise. I don't mind opting into some of that stuff, but don't but default what, it and automatically start tracking all this information. What about when Especially when it comes to my kids' toys. What about when there's no options left? There's no one that's not doing it. It's just everywhere. I'm hoping that enough people find that creepy enough to kind of push back on it. Good luck, man. People are... Especially those who are in marketing and customer service. I hope they, they at some point, they stop and think, you know what? That's kind of creepy. Let's not be no, that. Let's not no, do that. No. You won't get hired as a marketing person if that's your attitude. Yeah. I'm not a marketing person. Me neither. Before, Mattel never knew no. that I owned Hot Wheels or Barbie. Now, Mattel knows everything I own, everything I have, everything I don't have, all the upgrades, the upsells, the cross-sells, the upsells. They know everything he has and everything he doesn't have. We're all heading to creepy. We all know that. It is creepy, but if you opt into it, if if you're choosing to have that type of relationship, that's fine. He didn't say anything about opting in. I'm just, I know that's what, that's what's creepy about it. Like, we'll take GameStop, for for instance. GameStop knows what games I have. None of this is going to be opt-in. offer me a special price for a game that's a high in demand. John, these, that's the, a relationship I, I enjoy. These that's, super cookies track you everywhere. Just this is think of just web browsing. Oh, these super yeah, cookies track creepy. you everywhere. Yeah. If you're on Amazon and you search for boots and you go to a completely unrelated website, they're going to show boots. you boots. Yeah, that, that's just a very small example. It's just and that's that's not even counting any Internet of Things stuff. That's just web. That's just browser cookies. Yeah. This isn't about the cloud, right. Jim, and it never was about the cloud. Hold on, voice. It's a- okay, I got to back this up a little bit. In, in case you didn't already realize that this is a totally scripted thing and these guys are in together. Listen to this. This isn't about the cloud, right. Jim, and it never was about the cloud. Hold on, voice. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Mark, you're getting off the script there. You're getting off the script. It's we, about the customer. Always, okay, because we always it's, talked about the cloud. I know. But, but wait, 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 we always talked about the cloud, Mark. I thought it was about the cloud. You told me that it was a cloud. <laughs> I didn't know. I actually find that their conversations are two different conversations. Benioff wanted to talk about marketing, customer service, and creepiness. And Kramer wanted to talk about fastest to a billion, fastest to two billion, fastest to three billion. Because he's like, they each have their own talking points. They, no, they split up the talk. They just hit the talking points. Okay, Jim, you take these. I'm going to take these, and you can take these two, and I'm going to take these last two. We got to split up the talking points. The cloud is about technology, right. and technology, and you know this, is transient. Right. The technology we're talking about today will be obsoleted in three, four, five years from now. Yeah, like Apex? Apex isn't going away. It's obsolete. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh my gosh, it's so, it's so, it's crusty. It should be obsolete. It needs to be obsolete. I don't know, what's, what else do I have here? We Let's not see. just build the technology that help you connect with your customers. Look how we behave with our customers. Oh. We're, we're, we're showing the example of how... To treat your customer right. Well, oh, that's another thing. 
Yeah. Do you ever deal with Salesforce support? Yeah. No, I, I'm sorry. I don't agree with that. You know, I, I always have a hard time reconciling the fact that Salesforce ostensibly, ostensibly produces world-class customer support and service tools. I have a hard time reconciling that with Salesforce's actual support. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's a very much a, a do as I say, or do as I say, not as I do. Is that what it is? I guess. Yeah, do as I say, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, you know, and he, he talked, he was with Kramer, what, a month ago on the earnings release, but that one, you know, I'm just like, yeah, we, we've done those Kramer things. They're kind of all the same, but this one had so much of these, so much of these nuggets in them that I had, I just had to do this. <laughs> no, we're all hitting the creepy. That's for sure. You yeah. just wait. As more of this thundercloud happens and these, the use cases are going to get creepier and creepier. But, but it's all about being able to sell more. I don't you know. know. I, th- I think there's enough people out there who are going to reject some of those things. I mean, I, I, for one, had actively sought out a TV that didn't have a freaking web browser and app functionality in it. And that was hard to do. Uh, yeah, because those web browsers, they're in all the TVs nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my mouth's a little dry, so my, my words were yeah. a little slurred there. I don't have any water for you, sorry. <laughs> I ran out of coffee, <laughs> and that came out as web browser. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there there are decisions we can make as consumers. We can we can we can say, you know, what, I'm not going to buy that toothbrush toothbrush that's connected to the internet because I don't I don't need that. But what about again? Imagine you know, ten years down the road when every toy comes with some kind of Internet of Things feature. It's just it's all built into it. It's not like every- they're cellular devices. They have to be hooked up to your network. You have to give them the password. So just don't give them the password. Yeah, but there's going to be RFID scanners placed everywhere. And someone will invent a way to scan your, your stuff and pull it out or block it. Right. Um, kind of on a, on a similar vein, did you see that? I don't, this was, came out today, I guess. Um, are you familiar with the cybersecurity inform, what is it? Uh, cyber, cyberspace Information Security Act? No. So it's like the new, and you know, they keep, they keep, it's like, it's not dead yet. It keeps coming back. Before it was CISPA. Do you remember CISPA? And like, that's when we, was it CISPA or, or SOPA that we all, we blacked out the internet. You remember that? I think it was SOPA. Yeah. yeah. And then it was CISPA. And now it's, you know, I guess CISA. Hmm. It's, you know, slightly different acronym, but it's the same thing. And Salesforce has signed on to it. And so there's all these, you know, uh, there's a, there's a boycott and people protesting, you know, there's found this one, uh, like open letter. It's like why we're leaving Heroku and it won't load because our internet here is great. Um, yeah. So the goal, the goal of CISA is to improve cybersecurity in the United States through enhanced sharing of information about cybersecurity threats and for other purposes. <laughs> I love that. But basically they can take private communications of users and dis- this is again, te- technology vendors, cloud providers, whoever they can take private communications of users and disclose that data to the government without a warrant including sending data to the National Security Agency. It also gives companies broad immunity to spy on it and even launch countermeasures against potentially innocent users. It, it gets, also gets them out of their privacy policy. So every company has a, you know, you have a privacy policy, right? The, what people are arguing, and the EFF argues this, EFF is against this. What, what they argue is that this gets them, it actually makes their privacy policy, policies null and void mm-hmm. when they, as long as they claim CISA. So yeah, um, we're, you know, we're leaving Heroku. Uh, Fight for the Future has published this open letter to the CEO of Salesforce and Heroku following their endorsement of Cybersecurity Information Sharing Act, 
Cybersecurity Information Sharing Act. That's what it is. We urge, us, we urge others to join us in boycotting Heroku and any other hosting service that supports mass surveillance legislation. And who was this again? This was, this was Fight for the Future. Fight for the Future? I don't know what they are. Um, this sounds like a nonprofit group or something. I think it a is. Company. A nonprofit working to expand the internet's power for good. So they were using Salesforce and decided to boycott it because of this? I, I guess so. And if you look at, um, if you just like search like hashtag Sessa, I think mm-hmm. on Twitter, whatever, you know, you'll, there's thousands of tweets. And then this is, I don't, I don't know if this will, is if this is a flash in the pan or if this will end up being a big deal like the other ones were. But um, I looked, I searched open secrets and, you know, Salesforce has actually lobbying efforts for this, it looked like. Hmm. So they're seem to be behind it. They were on the, you know, what the business software BSA, the business software alliance, mm-hmm. they were, Salesforce is like one of, I think, eight signatories on this, on BSA's letterhead to, I think, uh, John Boehner, Pelosi, and some others, um, so, you know, supporting this or whatever. I, the thing I can't figure out is how does this benefit, how would this benefit Salesforce? Like, the, obviously there's a downside to this, which is it's going to create this kind of publicity. But what's, right. what's the upside for Salesforce? I'm not sure. That, that I mean, might I, be. I don't think Salesforce, be, has, I'm not, because I'm not trying to say Salesforce has any, um, what's the word, like reason or, you know, to, to want to spy, I mean, spy on data. I mean, Salesforce absolutely relies on the, on privacy, security, and trust of their customers. Right. I don't think they would ever do anything. I wouldn't think they would. Anything. Yeah. To, it, it could to be taken that. from the perspective of being able. The second part of that um, that you read that was about you know being able to kind of be proactive in seeking out information that might be damaging. What was that sentence? I don't remember. I don't know where that was. Well, either way, it, it could be a measure t- for them to give them leeway to be able to kind of access information in order to kind of verify you know criminal activity or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, and I haven't read the law, but the summaries that I read, the, what the EFF's position is, and I generally agree with the EFF on most things. I, they get a little, I think, a little extreme every now and then. But a lot of times, it's not the law that's bad itself; it's the vagueness in the in the terms or something that yeah, kind of vague is bad, right? Now yeah, because not, it can lead to to, like you said, unintended consequences. You know, it could it could open things up to to where you're, you know, someone who's innocent gets kind of caught up in something. And you're also leaving it up, in, up to judicial interpretation. Yeah. That's not good either. Um, I saw an article about, um, is Salesforce's analytics cloud really making waves? It's just about how, I, I think more about uptake of wave. Just 14% of customers stated they're planning to implement Salesforce's analytics cloud. This suggests that the remaining 54% are planning to increase their analytics investment may, or may opt for Salesforce's competition. This questions, raises questions about Salesforce's claims of achieving rapid transaction uh, traction for its analytics cloud. I don't know that they ever did claim rapid traction. No, and I, I'd, it'd be interesting to see what type of analytics we're talking about because the word is getting kind of muddy. Well, they're talking and- about WAVE. Well, in, the, in general, but when 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 someone says, "Hey, we're going to go to this other third party for analytics," what are they talking? Are they talking, you know, you know, certain types of tooling, certain type of features? This is my complaint about that. Because entire Salesforce s- right now, in terms of analytics, to me, is visualizations. 
It is. I mean, that's what Wave is. It's it's visual. It's you know the slicing well, and dicing. It is more than that. We do well, have I a separate mean, data system to to aggregate and but that's only that only serves the purpose of visualization though. At but this it point. does. It it does right. nothing but feed visualization. There's Which no, is fine. I mean, it's yeah. it's a it seems to be a capable, and I'm sure its capabilities are growing fast. And that's that's valuable. It's valuable right. to people. I mean, the when people talk about the sales cloud analytics and the service cloud analytics, that that's getting attention. That's getting people excited. They want to see those type of things in there. Um, as a standalone analytics, you know, platform, I don't see it happening. Yeah. Also, this is, this, this was a, um, who was this? I have to, this was some, uh, you know, like finance analyst firm. Um, let me see if I can find out which one it was. Oh, it was that, it was the Trefus guys. Remember that they, they have those cool kind of, um, stock or, you know, ticker visualization charts and everything. Do you remember them? Anyway, they they say our price estimate for Salesforce is about 15% lower than its current market price. So they are not bullish on Salesforce. They're not part they're probably not part of the 89%. <laughs> <laughs> it is possible that the Wave Analytics Cloud may be priced prohibitively high. Yeah, no kidding. I thought the uh relate IQ slash Salesforce IQ stuff was a bit odd. What? I think they had some great tooling and they they demonstrated its power and everything, but I think I thought it being such a gigantic focus in the keynote, it was kind of awkward. Well, they paid what three hundred ninety million for it. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to reassure investors that that wasn't you know ninety percent goodwill. Yeah, because it's and on it, it's on the books as goodwill right now. <laughs> <laughs> and it was more of just kind of enablement of their tool set in the sales cloud. It wasn't like it wasn't like something new that they built for it. I mean, it pretty much did all of that. And everything they demonstrated was stuff that it was doing today. Yeah, I think it, I think it, there could be a lot of upside to that. Yeah, that I think in the future, technology. as as they as they start to integrate those features more and more. But I think today it was it, it's a mashup today, and so it just seemed odd to have it such a center point in the keynote and and everywhere else, strictly on just the fact that it got branded as Salesforce IQ. Yeah, yeah, they made a big deal about that. I'm like, okay, yeah. fine. Because even the Salesforce employees kept calling it Relate IQ accidentally still. And yeah. that, that's normal though. Um, I saw a cool infographic that what's what made, what makes up cust- uh, Salesforce's customer base. Some interesting nuggets here. And we will, we'll put this in the show notes because it's actually pretty interesting. I don't, and I don't know where the data came from, but uh, 74% of companies that use Salesforce have annual revenues between 1 million and 50 million. That's, you know, that's small, medium business. Yeah. But that's 74% of the companies. I mean, that's not 74% of their revenue. That's what I'm questioning. Like, is that, is that the 74% of the companies or 74% of Salesforce's revenue comes from those, that size of company? Yeah, it's hard to say. Because if, if that's, a, if that's, if it's, if it's the number of companies, then that means that 26% of their, com- of their customers have, you know, between 51 million and a hundred billion in revenue, which could be 80% of their business dollar wise. So it's like dollars or numbers, which is this? Uh, 30, 38% of companies also use tools from Oracle or VMware. That's pretty interesting. Uh, 63% of them are either in software, business services, or manufacturing. Interesting. Which is kind of a, that's a weird cross-section, but I discovered that that's when you do like a Pareto chart of these, that's the, the top three are software, business services, and manufacturing. Top, the top segment was software. 
All right. So if you look at the Pareto chart of who uses Salesforce, so it's software, business services, manufacturing, finance, media and internet, telecommunications, retail, healthcare. And I'm looking at all these going, how many of those are, are that sound, you know, predominantly B2B. Now, maybe some of those, I guess retail would be B2C. Yeah. And some of telecommunications could be B2C. But so much of it is B2B. That's, I, think that's, well, I mean, that's kind of been the, the sweet spot for them. I, I mean, they're totally And that's system also what, designed around B2B. It's also why I think person accounts always kind of yeah. get short shrift, even though they pay lip service to it at Dreamforce. Well, if they really want to make an impact in wealth management and education and healthcare, they're going to have to, they're going to have to start doing some B2C stuff. Yeah. Let's see. Hiring. Oh, here's who, I guess their customer, Salesforce's customers hire. Biggest group, business analysts, 41%. Also, 41% agile developers. Are you an agile developer, John? Do you develop agile? No. You develop agilely? I have no idea what that means. I don't, it's meaningless. <laughs> like, how can you even answer that? I mean, the people that got surveyed, like, when that was an option, what does that even mean? Uh, 33% scrum experts. Okay, that makes sense. Customer support, test automation engineers. Wow, 32%. Salesforce.com companies also use these tools, Oracle, VMware in this order, Google Apps, SAP, SharePoint, WebEx, PeopleSoft, Atlassian. Interesting. No. Anyway. No, not interesting? (laughs) It's kind of boring. (laughs) You don't think it's interesting that they use, that they're big VMware users running their own clouds? Their own private clouds? A lot of companies have some kind of combination of, you know, software as a service and they also got their own systems and toolings that they're offering on their own clouds. Right. I mean, the, to their customers, you know, it's not like they're passing through Salesforce to their customers. That's how they manage their customers. But you don't think it's interesting they're running SAP. Why wouldn't they be? I don't know because SAP is the, they're going down. <laughs> <laughs> no, a lot of these big companies depend on SAP for all their back office stuff. Um, yeah, that's true. Anyway. And they've been using that for years, even before Salesforce. 87% of companies using Salesforce.com have sales reps as compared to only 24% of other U.S. companies. Does that even make any sense? 24% of companies don't have sales reps? I have no idea. Yeah, that's, that's a confusing thing. Like I said, I don't know where their data came from. You picked a snoozer. <laughs> I guess you have to see the infographic. It's yeah, maybe maybe I just need to see the pretty pictures yeah. and that'll excite me. I'm I'm very dubious about the the data source though. So yeah, got to take you got to take every infographic with a giant. It, block I mean, it's of not salt. surprising. It's nothing like oh wow that I didn't realize that or that that's so not what I would have expected. That there's standard numbers. They're just. It's interesting that 75 percent of their customers are small and medium business. I just wondered where that that fell. It's not. I mean, even even at the keynote, they talked about how how small and medium business was was a big part. SMBs were a big part of never of, quantify though. They don't ever quantify. No, they don't. But I mean, obviously, if they're so going like to mention is that, it, is that thirty percent? Is that ninety percent? I don't know what that means. But at two percent, two percent of their customers have more than five billion dollars in revenue. Interesting. I want to be in that two percent. <laughs> <laughs> Doing what? Good day, sir. Podcast. Uh, 
think a podcast could ever rise to the level of two billion? No. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not ours. No. <laughs> We've got a really bad track record. <laughs> yeah, we kind of screwed up our advertising spot, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and to that, I say, good day, sir. You lose. You get nothing. Good day, sir. Invest in America. I'm enjoying my Barbies more than ever, Jim. Super creepy. See this? See dream?